We are on Ksubis, the middle of Samach Bez Amin Aleph, as we continue on in the discussion of the Mishnah and the different cases and scenarios about when uh, we say or how often we say the husband is required uh, to be intimate with his wife. And so the next case of the Mishnah is that Hatayalin, men of leisure, must engage in marriage relations every day. Now, the Gemara will ask, my Tayalin, who are these people? What does it mean to be men of leisure? And it will present a few options. I'll reject uh, the first option. It will present a few options. Uh, but first, it's important to note, Rav Moshe Feinstein asks, how could this be every day? Uh, we know that Chazal, uh, our rabbis elsewhere, they frown upon such a, such a perspective that it should be every single day. Although there are some sources that say that for the first year, for Shana Rishona, uh, it should be every day. Um, but uh, how, how could there be such an opinion, asks Rav Moshe Feinstein, especially since uh, we say that uh, Takanas Ezra, during the decree of Ezra, they said that uh, one would have to go to the mikvah so that it wouldn't, uh, after having been intimate, uh, in order to study Torah, so uh, that wouldn't happen every single day. So Rav Moshe Feinstein explains not that it should have to happen every single day, uh, but that really the obligation is really based on the expectation of the wife, that whenever she desires it, uh, so then that's really the obligation. And these different uh, time periods is really just about what her expectations are. Her expectations are based on uh, the availability and the strength of her husband. Uh, and that's really how the expectations work. Uh, and that if she's... Uh, if she, if the husband uh, uh, rejects it, so then she will be very upset and uh, saddened by that situation. And so therefore we don't want that to happen. So if we change the expectations, which is what happened by Ezra, so then uh, not, not that uh, we uh, promote uh, such an idea of being intimate every single day, uh, but if we change the expectations, so then the wife won't be upset when the husband uh, doesn't want to be intimate because she understands that it's not because of her, but it's because of the Takana of Ezra, the decree of Ezra. Um, and so here too, when it says every day, it doesn't mean that it should be every single day, but if the, her expectation is every day, so then uh, she will be upset if it doesn't happen every single day. She will think that it's because her husband doesn't love her. Um, and so therefore there would be, we say that... Uh, uh, there, there would be an obligation if she has that expectation. That, that is what Moshe Feinstein says. So my Tayalan, who, who are these people who the, where the Mishnah says it has to be every day? So Am Rava, B'nai Pirki. Rava says it's the students of Torah. They study every day, but they, they return home every day. We're not talking about students who study from afar, but specifically students who study every day and they return home. And so they're returning home every night. Since they're returning home every night, so therefore their obligation, they're not working uh, long, long hours uh, into the night, and they're not far away, they're at home. Um, so Amr Abaye says, I don't understand, says Abaye. Wives of Torah scholars, refers to the wives of Tamid HaChacham, of Torah scholars as follows. Shav lachem, mashkim ekum, machrei sheves, ochle lachem, hatzvanim, kin yitin lididoshena. He quotes a Pasuk, a verse in Psalms about uh, uh that uh, Rav Yitzchak expounds upon this, and he says, based on this verse, How could you tell me Torah scholars that 
they just uh, they come home early at night? No. About the wise Torah scholars, it says they deprive their eyes of sleep because they're staying up uh, at night waiting for their husbands to come back late at night. Uh, and they reach uh, uh, the world to come because they are devoted and supporting their uh, their husband in Torah study. Uh, and so the students don't uh, come home early. Uh, they come home very late at night. Uh, so it's it's not a time to uh, be intimate. So it's not referring to, this is rejected, it's not referring to uh, uh, students uh, who study Torah. Elam Rabaye, the second suggestion is Kedrav, like Rav. Dama Rav, Kigom Rashmuel Bar Shilas. Shmuel Bar Shilas, who is Shmuel Bar Shilas? The Gemara explains, the Achamidi day, he ate his own food, he was wealthy. Shasimidi day, he drank his own uh, drinks. The Gani Betule de Apadne, he slept in his own house. The Lochalev Peristika de Malka Above. And uh, he wasn't taxed. He wasn't taxed because uh, they didn't know that he had money. Um, he was a, uh, Rashi explains that he was a tutor. Uh, so he had money, but he wasn't taxed for it. Uh, the Rambam seems to say that the idea of not being taxed is not really about tax, but it's that he's not obligated to leave his home to help uh, the government. Uh, he's able to stay at home. He's, and so he's basically, he's, he's comfortable. The idea is that he's comfortable. So those are the people that uh, should be intimate every, every day. Kiyosu Ravan. Amar Ravan gives another explanation or another example. Kagon, Mefanki Demarava, people who are wealthy from Israel, those are men of leisure. So they have time. They have time. They aren't uh, working as hard. Okay. Um, the Gemara now says that there's a, the Gemara gives two points, two uh, stories where we see that the people from Israel, they can be referred to as men of leisure. The people are strong, they're healthy uh, when they live in Eretz Israel, when they live in Israel. Rabbi Avo have a kai bay bunny. Rabbi Avo was standing in the bathhouse. And two of his servants were supporting him walking. The bathhouse collapsed under him and was destroyed. And he found the pillar. He stood on the pillar, was able to get out, and he pulled both of them, both of his servants, out with him. So it shows you the strength. Rabbi Avo lived in Israel. It shows you the strength of the people in Israel. Similarly, Rabbi Yochanan had a kasalik bedarga. Rabbi Yochanan was going up on a on a ladder. Habasamchalei Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Ami and Rabbi were supporting him. Ifchus a darga to say, the ladder collapsed under him, uh, and salik vaskinu, and he was able to go up, and he pulled both of them out. Again, we see that he pulled both of them out. They're very strong. Amalei Rabbanan v'chimiachad dahachi lamalei lemismeche. The rabbi said. If they're so strong, why do they need in both stories? There's two people helping him out. Why do they need two people to help out the strong person? Um, so the idea is an interesting idea that if they use all of their strength now, so then they won't have strength uh, when they get older. That uh, the idea is that uh, they have a limited amount of strength, and they have to save their strength for when they get older. Okay, that is the end of that story. So let's continue on to the Gemara. The Gemara says. Uh, Quoting again from the Mishnah, we're going through the different time periods. Hapolam Shtein B'Shabbos, that uh, those who are workers, uh, they should be intimate twice a week. Twice a week. Ayvatani Hapolam Achas B'Shabbos, but the Gemara asks, but a Brisa says once a week. Which one is it? It's once a week or twice a week. So it depends on where they are. Amr B'Yesu B'Rabi Chanina, Lokasha Kambos and Malacha B'Yiran Kambos and Malacha B'Yachas. It depends if they are working uh, at home or whether they're working uh, in another city. If they're working in another city, it's just once a week. If they are working nearby, so then it is twice a week. They should be intimate twice a week. Uh, it's just interesting to note that on the blessing that we say for a host, 
uh, at the uh, in benching in uh, Birkana Mazon, and when we have grace after meal, so there's a blessing that we give to the host, and so part of the blessing is that they should work close to close to home. That there's a, an advantage, a significant advantage to working close to home. Similar idea from another brisa that uh, they should once a week if they uh, work in a different city, but if they work in the same city as their home, so then they should be intimate twice a week. Okay, continues the Gemara with the next case of the Mishnah. Donkey drivers once a week. Once a week. Um, and for, for, for other people, it's even less frequent. Uh, so, Amalei Rababar, Rav Hanan, Labaye, Ikvul, Tana, Lashmin, and Tayel, Bepoel. The Gemara asks a very strong question. We mentioned in the beginning of the Mishnah that there's a dispute, there's an argument between Beishama and Yisheva. If a person, a husband, takes an oath that he won't have any pleasure from being intimate, uh, so that it can only be either for one week or for two weeks, depending on whether you hold like Beis Hillel or Beis Shammai, one week or two weeks. So the Gemara says, I understand. So this only applies, this is limited just to workers who um, who are intimate uh, just once uh, once a week or uh, twice a week. Everybody else, where it's more than once a week, uh, they're only obligated to uh, be intimate more than once a week. It's, it doesn't apply to, the, to those people. It doesn't apply to a whole list of people who uh, they travel a lot and so therefore... Uh, the, the the whole argument at the beginning has nothing to do with them. So the Gemara says, no, I'm really low. No, it still has to do with them. Moving on to 62b. Akulu, it's going on all the cases of the Mishnah. I have a Hashisha Chadash Kamar, but uh, sometimes they, they could wait six months. They wait six months. So why is it that if uh, the husband takes an oath uh, that he won't be intimate uh, with his wife for two weeks or more than two weeks, that uh, it doesn't work? Why? They're only intimate anyways once every six months. Where it says an important statement, the answer is, There's a difference. It's not comparable. When the husband, it's not, when, when he's traveling, uh, so the wife knows that he's coming back at a certain point in time and that it's not because uh, of her, but it, also she knows that when he comes back, that's when the obligation will kick in. But uh, And that it can happen at any point in time. He could come back at any point in time. But when he takes an oath to say that he won't be intimate for more than two weeks or more than a week, so then uh, there's no option whatsoever. Even if he comes back, not happening. And so we cannot compare somebody who has the, the phrase is bread in his basket is not compared to somebody who does not have bread in his basket. Uh, at least at some point in time, they'll be intimate uh, if he comes back. Uh, so that that's allowed. But if uh, he he really takes an oath and therefore it's impossible, it's not allowed. So then we won't allow that. Uh, we won't allow that, and therefore they would have to get divorced. Okay. Continues the Gemara again. We're on Tzamuv Yisim Beis sixty two B. Amalei Rabba Bar Rav Chanan Labai Chomar Benasa Gamal Mai. An interesting question, very relevant question. Uh, if a person wants to, after they get married, change their profession so that they can have more money, wants to be a camel driver, gets more money than a donkey driver, but that also means that he will spend less time with his wife. They won't be intimate as much. So which one takes precedence? Is it the money or is it uh, spending more time with your wife? So Amalei wrote to Isha Bekav, Vitiflus Mehasara Kaben Uprishus. The wife prefers... Uh, a modest means, having uh, uh, not being poor, but uh, just uh, uh, a decent amount, with uh, having more intimacy and being more connected to her husband than to have be wealthy and less connected to her husband. And so, therefore, one is not allowed to change their permission without her permission. You need her permission in order to change profession. Similarly, the Gemara elsewhere says that uh, 
there's a rabbi who was going to become the Nasi, who was going to become the, the head uh, of the Jewish people, he asked his wife whether he has permission. So the commentators ask, why does he have to, he has to ask his wife, the, the Jewish people need him to lead. No. So there's different answers that are given. One of the answers given is that he's going to be spending less time with her. Less time with her. So if he's going to spend less time with her, so then she needs to give permission. She needs to give permission that her his first and primary obligation is to his wife. And so therefore, he needs to have permission from his wife in order to uh, in order to change his jobs, uh, to lead the Jewish people. He needs permission from his wife. Okay, moving on. The Gemara says, next case, next case in the Mishnah, that sailors is once every six months. Um, and Divrei Rav Leazar, Amar Brunah, Amar Rav, Halachik Rav Leazar, the, the, the Gemara is really commenting on the fact that if the um, if the Torah scholars uh, they don't ask for permission, so then Rebbe says that uh, it's only for a limited amount of time. Uh, it's for thirty days. Thirty days is uh, how much they could leave without permission from their wife. Uh, and and uh, Rav says that we follow, or at least Rebron uh, in the name of Rav says we follow that position. However, Ravada Barahava says in the name of Rav that no, the Chachamim, the majority argue, and they say that they could study two or three years without permission. Two or three years without permission, they could go. It's for the study of Torah, and it's acceptable. And Rav even says that there are rabbis who follow this position and were um, and they were practical about it. They they performed this action. Uh, but the results were sometimes uh, not so positive, as we'll see. Kehad Rav, we have the following cases. Rav Ruchume, Rav Ruchume, have a shliach kamei de Rava b'mechuzah. He studied in front of Rava in mechuzah. Vahav a ragel de hava asli lebeisik kol mali yom kippur, and he would study uh, the entire year. Uh, he wouldn't be home except for on erev yom kippur, on the day before yom kippur. That's when he went home. Yom achad mishkach meshachei shmaita. One day. He was involved so much that he forgot to go home for that one day a year. He didn't go home that one day a year. His wife was always hoping that he would come. Now he's coming. Now he's coming. She's hoping, hoping. When's he finally coming? Doesn't see him. Only one day a year. He sees him. He doesn't show up. She got very distressed by it. She started to cry. A tear fell from her eye. And because of that tear that fell from her eye, Have Yasub Igra. Because of that, uh, where Rechumi was sitting on the roof, it collapsed and he died. And it teaches us how careful we have to be and uh, about uh, not causing anguish to one's wife, that you want to just leave with and study Torah without her permission, this is what it could cause. Uh, just a few points on this. Uh, Ramosha Feinstein says that uh, today we shouldn't view ourselves uh, as Tamida Chacham, as the Torah scholars we'll see in the next part of the Gemara, uh, when Torah scholars should be intimate, and how often he says, "No, we have to, we have to be intimate more often than what we should view ourselves as Torah scholars." He says we should be intimate more often than what uh, the Gemara has to say, as we'll see. Uh, but just another point about uh, leaving home in order to study Torah: where exactly is this coming from? Uh, so there's one explanation that I saw, which is that uh, this was specifically in the days of the Talmud, where, or, or during those those days of those rabbis, where. Uh, it wasn't so common to study from a Gemara. It wasn't. Uh, it only became later on that the Torah Shabbat, the Oral Torah, was written down, uh, and then also became more common just to study from the written down Svarim, the books that we have. But until we uh, had such uh, 
so many books uh, available. Uh, so when the way one studies was with a Rebbe, was with a teacher. So it was often the case where if you have to study Torah, you have to leave your community to study with your teacher. Uh, you couldn't just study from books, and so therefore they would have to leave. It was something which was necessary to leave and to study from books, but to now that, from their teacher uh, and in person. But now that we have books, so then it's much easier to study from home. And that we have to be very careful that uh, our primary concern has to be uh, making sure that uh, our wives are, um, that the wife is, uh, feels that, she's, that her husband connects with her and that uh, they have a very deep relationship um, and that uh, it shouldn't lead to separation from the fact that they want to study Torah. Okay, let's see a few more lines here. When do Talmud and Torah scholars, when are they supposed to be intimate? Friday night, that there's an idea on Friday night because maybe because it's uh, more peaceful and calm, uh, maybe because there's less study of Torah, different reasons that are given about Friday night. But the idea is once once a week for for the Torah scholars. Again, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein said that we, we shouldn't view ourselves as Torah scholars. Even the Torah scholars of today shouldn't view themselves as Torah scholars. It should be more than once a week. But the idea is once a week. And if once it's once a week, so then the, the time period that they picked the Gemara says is Friday night. But if they miss that Friday night, so maybe they should have another night. Um, but it, do, it doesn't mean only Friday night. That's for a Torah scholar. It should be on Friday nights. Okay. We are now on uh, towards the middle of Samach Beis and Beis. 62B in Ksubis. And we'll continue... Uh, with this Gemara in the next class.